we're coming for you, ISPs, with our that's right, with our pitchforks made of Doritos, and our, <laughs> <laughs> and our anyway. <laughs> Forget I said that. <laughs> no, we're gonna make that segment louder <laughs> with our pitchforks made of Doritos. Doritos. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's going to be the opening. Just that one. Doritos. Doritos. Hey, this is Colin. This is Chris. And like not cracking that egg yolk when you flip it in the pan, this is Shiny Podcast. Following the light and throwing a little shade on the newest and brightest in today's gaming and technology. It is Saturday, February 17th. And we are back. It's been a little bit. A little bit. Just but if you check bit. if you check our website, it does say that we are a weekly, for the most part, podcast. <laughs> mostly, mostly. He's only mostly dead. <laughs> no, I really do appreciate everybody listening to uh, the the past shows while we've been kind of on a unexpected uh, hiatus. And the the numbers look good, even though we haven't done a damn thing in weeks. I love you all. Thank you so much for it. Thank am, you very much. I think I think Colin and I um, do owe a bit of an apology because you know we do try to be uh, weekly on this, but sometimes you know life just doesn't afford us the opportunity to no. you know. Um, in in my life, I have uh, had a major kind of employment rearrangement which is really exciting and i'm sure i'll talk about it at some point but it's sort of like thrown off my my whole you know <laughs> understanding of how time works oh uh, that that phrasing makes it sound way worse than it actually is yeah perhaps i should have thought about that first <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good stuff no it really it's good stuff uh, but it's really good it's no, not bad i love it it's amazing what are you talking about uh, it, it, yeah, it, it is all good things, but it totally kind of disrupted the, uh, flow of life prior, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and I went on vacation in there too. So that was right. a, that was a thing too. And where did you go? I went to Sarasota, Florida. Ooh. Yes. A foreign land far away filled with strange creatures and versions of humanity that I did not yes. know existed. Ooh, ooh lovingly endearingly known as the redneck riviera yes truly truly but it was wonderful being in you know 70 degree weather uh sunny every single day you know that kind of stuff it was great right on it was great. very cool yeah but um but yeah so that's where we've been and i felt like we should sort of open it with just sort of an explanation of uh why we'd been away for so long mm-hmm but mm -hmm. we have been sort of cooking up uh, uh, an answer to this to this issue. Um, we don't really know what we're going to call it yet, but we're going to try to be more weekly. And if there is a week where we can't just get together and put in all of the time, not just in recording, but also in editing uh, a full episode of Shiny, we're going to do some sort of bite-sized version of it where we'll tackle a single topic that seems to be going on in the news that week, dominating the attention of everybody and release that. So maybe it'll be, you know, a 10 to 15 minute one, Ooh. but we really want to make a commitment to getting these stories and thoughts and ideas out as well as being consistent and communicating with all of you friendly, wonderful people who have continued to listen to the podcast while we have been MIA. And how. Maybe we could call it a semi-shiny. Ooh, semi-shiny's nice. I'm getting a semi-shiny right now over that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. 
I'm next week on. <laughs> I'm having a semi. We'll explore the meaning. Of <laughs> I'm having a shiny. a very very brightly colored truck delivered soon. That's what I mean. <laughs> very good. So, shall we? Let us begin. Let us begin, and we will do so. Even though I have a tiny cold. <laughs> what a trooper. <laughs> Hey, man, I, uh, I do what I can. I do what I can. Mm -hmm. Last night, if we had tried last night, it would have been like, well, my name is Chris. <laughs> hey. Welcome to uh, the technology so much. It's so good. Yeah. Maybe we'll edit that. Yeah. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> so we had that heartfelt moment of connection just a moment ago, and then I hocked a loogie in your fucking ears. We're, we're hopefully all aware that the the FCC in in recent months has been working very hard to kill net neutrality. They repealed the rules that govern net neutrality, and well, it's not necessarily going down quite as smoothly as maybe they hoped it would. So half of US states have begun introducing legislation in their states to buck the repeal of net neutrality and introducing net neutrality rules of their own. So it's uh, 26 states. Uh, I think you might be able to guess which ones have not opted for this, but the ones that have are uh, Vermont, Hawaii, Montana, New Jersey, and New York. Uh, they have have issued executive orders through their governors, and there are more states that have pending legislation to to do the same. My understanding is that the method of enforcing this is a, a, a very um, it's one that is not going to fall to a to a court challenge. Basically, at least in Vermont, and I believe this is how it right. works elsewhere. What the governor has uh, ordered is that no state agency or organization will be allowed to do business with an ISP that does not maintain a neutral connection to the internet for all of its customers. So they're not mandating Correct. that the ISPs be neutral, uh, have neutral networks. They are just saying that if they do not, the state will not do any business with them, which is, you know, a massive hit. <laughs> so well, yeah, it turns the state into saying, hey, we're the customer, as opposed to the regulator and saying, if you want to do business with us, the customer, you have to have these net neutrality rules. And if you don't want to, then go to your business somewhere else. I actually like that a lot. I, I, I like that a lot. It's, yeah. it's, I think that's got some real teeth and it hits them where it actually hurts, which is their pocketbook. Exactly. It's very clever to me, and I think that it will have a, a very real effect. Certainly, there are some some legal roadblocks. It seems like there's a lot of shades of gray in terms of the implementations of the legislation uh, the, that various state legislatures are bringing forth through their process, and and some have a better chance of succeeding on the federal uh, level than others do. For instance, the EFF mm -hmm. is a little worried about uh, the California's uh, legislation right now. They're not sure if that's going to hold up um, in a court when ISPs sue to overturn it eventually, which right. they inevitably will. <laughs> which it will do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping, I'm feeling optimistic. I'm glad that there are states that are doing something uh, and, and taking this very seriously. I am very thankful to be in one of those states that is and was one of the first states to to file a lawsuit against the FCC, which is Massachusetts. Man, it may very well be that what turns out to be the the eventual death knell of this attempt, this constant seemingly attack to, to destroy net neutrality, will be the fact that enough of these measures will get through that it will just be too much of a pain in the ass for these national ISPs. To keep doing business with all of the wayward regulations and they'll wish for a day when they just had <laughs> yeah. easy. Can we yeah, go back, that would please? Be music please. to my ears. <laughs> and how. So along the similar lines, uh, Charter, which is a, I believe, a subsidiary of the Time Warner Cable 
company um, has lost their attempt to defeat a lawsuit that was uh, brought against them for kind of falsifying uh, internet speech to their customers. So they were being sued by um, the New York uh, Supreme Court for falsely advertising internet speeds and charter uh, in an attempt to get rid of, you know, to, to um, have that case thrown out, you know, was arguing against that ruling. But the New York Supreme Court said that uh, they uh, cannot, they cannot avoid being sued for it. Good. <laughs> good. Very good. Oh, yeah. you have to do what uh, you said you were going to do after you've taken people's money yes. for it? That's crazy sauce. <laughs> yes. Uh, very bold of Charter. Uh, not unique to that company or, I imagine, other Time Warner Cable subsidiaries. But uh, glad to see that, they're, that uh, they are being held responsible for falsifying information and false advertising. That's wonderful. We're coming for you, ISPs, with our that's right, with our pitchforks made of Doritos, and our, <laughs> <laughs> and our anyway. <laughs> Forget I said that. No, we're gonna make that segment louder <laughs> with our pitchforks made of Doritos. 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 <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's going to be the opening. Just that one. Doritos. Dorito. <laughs> Beautiful. In additional news relating to the FCC. We're doing a big old slice of Ajit pie this morning. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, Yum. It's rather bitter and sad isn't it this makes you feel yeah. kind of like too greasy ajit pai is being investigated uh into uh, uh for charges that he uh what's the word not maybe not colluded but um for dealings with sinclair broadcasting um and that he may have given special um special treatment to sinclair broadcasting and and so he's being investigated into into that relationship. I wonder what evidence they're going to use. <laughs> <laughs> they got to dig deep for that, you know. This entire segment at the top here could be described as the the uh, the people strike back against the empire. The the rebellion uh, grows against the FCC's uh, you know draconian actions here. This is wonderful, and this is, I believe is a uh, um, sorry an internal investigation yes so this is coming from within the fcc that is you know the people that work with the jeep pie directly yeah are saying no 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 you did a bad and we're going to uh keep an eye on you so just remember like in order for that to like happen and be announced public like you know it doesn't i mean you know innocent until proven guilty i i i, I i'm right there with you but the amount that it takes for that to like happen and happen so publicly, like the amount of paperwork and the amount of people to be on board mm -hmm. and like, you know, the committees it has to go through is uh, not insignificant. Oh, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so something that uh, we'll keep an eye on. I hope that something actually comes of that. Uh, but but again, innocent until proven guilty. But I hate you, Ajit Pai, and I hope that you go down in flames. I will breathe extra heavy the day he's brought to jail. <sighs> Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> All right, man. Happier news. No, I don't know how, how much happier you could get, frankly. That was a bad transition. Delete that. <laughs> Delete. Let us resegue. <laughs> Resigue. <laughs> An area of France, is it not? <laughs> Very nice wine. Spending a holiday on Resigue this year. <laughs> the people. Eh. <laughs> well. Anyway, AMD. 
What's AMD doing? AMD is helping you out. Here's a bit of a problem, okay? There are some people that have new Ryzen processors, you know, that we've raved about before, mm -hmm. such as the type of processor that will be in my next computer. I think I've said that once or twice. Or yeah, on, on the same page. Pretty yeah. much every episode <laughs> since they came out. Um, there's a bit of a problem, though. It, in the wake of the meltdown patches, some users are finding them in this situation where their motherboards and their chips are getting incongruent updates and so you can't actually bring your whole stack to be your whole machine to be patched against meltdown right and a lot of this has to do with slightly if i'm not mistaken it's uh slightly older sockets that are the same size is that right or mm -hmm. yeah same size same physical yeah same physical nice. size and the, the Ryzen chips work in them, but they're not getting, um, they're not able to patch it out of those motherboards. Am I right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then to address this, AMD is pulling a pretty, uh, pretty cool move. Yeah, agreed. So they are sending out, so, so it's kind of a catch 22 because you can't, <clears throat> you can't update the firmware on the motherboard without you know you you want to update it for that new cpu but that cpu is not working so you can't update it with the new cpu you have to do it with an older one and so amd is sending you those very old yet usable cpus to then flash the the motherboard um update the firm the firmware and allow you to put the the new cpu that you spent a lot of money on uh to fix it and so they are sending those old cpus out for free that uh, so that you can accomplish this that is awesome that is super cool that is a really cool move it's almost like they're uh seeing a uh a uh, opportunity open up in the market and they're aggressively pursuing it <laughs> good for them i was very happy to see that they're doing that um uh, not that I've been dealing with this issue, but uh, Oof, just I as have. just as a general kind of consumer. Well, not this issue, uh, but a lot of meltdown issues. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and and again, I I, uh, I really try to avoid sounding like a fanboy. I really want to to try to sound like we are objective and we're giving everything a fair. Uh, analysis, but AMD, I just feel like is knocking it out of the park and they're just doing a lot of good things. And this is one of them. Here's the thing. Objective reality is still a thing. Okay. And when a company that has been just absolutely behind for years and years and years is able to leapfrog both in terms of revenue and public awareness in a way that is actually protecting consumers and of their product i think that like that's grounds for a little bit of of uh you know a positive reinforcement <laughs> you know this day and age right on you know cool tech is cool tech and this show will always point out the cool tech even if it's you know by people we don't necessarily love all of the time mm -hmm. i think we'll mm -hmm. get to that when we talk about the home pod later on but um <laughs> The fact is, this is this is such a sea change from e AMD of years past that uh, it's worth it's worth mentioning. I have a story to tell about this. If I if I may open this article, with it. absolutely, you may. So this would have been uh, last week, right? Uh, yeah, last Tuesday. Yeah. Last week, I, on a whim, I forgot that this was happening, totally left my mind, and on a whim realized that I had to take the car in to get the oil changed. And so I pulled in to the, uh, you know, the quick little place to get your oil changed, and they took my car away, and I get out and go into the waiting room, 
Some some call it a, a auto mechanic or a garage. Yeah, the quick no, the quick <laughs> the quick, the little, quick place. little place where you get your oil changed. <laughs> you know. And in the waiting room, the Tesla Falcon Heavy launch was about two minutes away from happening. Ooh. So I sat right down and got to enjoy this incredible scene and that I had totally forgotten about. And let me tell you, the only thing more spectacular than watching this massive rocket go up was watching the simultaneous landing of the two support rockets after the fact. Mm -hmm. As they... And, and if you haven't seen it, God, you A, have been under a rock, and B, really should go see it. You really, it's really should. incredible. It's... These two rockets just land at the exact same moment, fully upright, in perfect time. It's... <laughs> I'll tell you, there, every once in a while, you see something and you go, oh yeah, right, we're living in the future. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> One of the things that was was part of of this this launch that got so much media attention was that Elon Musk decided to send uh, a Tesla Roadster into orbit and then eventually make its way to Mars. <laughs> it's just so I, I, I it's a, it's an amazing feat of of what's the word not advertising but garnering and 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 promoting some excitement around space travel man can brand that's for sure yeah <laughs> holy moly and and you know in the wake of of it happening i mean i just remember you know seeing lots of people talking about like uh like such a display of conspicuous consumption like oh you just afford to you know pay millions of dollars to send a a car into space and send it to mars and it's like man i'm excited and other people are too and that's the point for so long the space program has been stagnant and not terribly innovative and has Frankly, just kind of fallen defunded. by the wayside. <laughs> yeah, ex well, exactly. Uh, to to put to put a, a finer point on it, yeah. And so to see just this kind of more lax, more uh, more interesting, and just kind of fun <laughs> thing involving sending something into space, I think is great, and I think it's going to garner more support for for actual productive uses of, of, of that application. Yep. Agreed. Agreed completely. I mean, not everything has to, not everything has to be tied back to some, you know, intrinsic moral value. Sometimes humans just do shit. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes that inspires people to do great things that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Right on. Absolutely. And to to that end, uh, we will link in our show notes a link to whereisroadster.com. So you can, if you are <laughs> so inclined, actively track where the Roadster currently is. It is currently uh, 2,034,000, uh, sorry, 2,034,278 to 4,000 miles. From Earth, and it is moving at a speed of 6,700 miles per hour, or about uh, just shy of 11,000 kilometers per hour. No speed limits up there, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, who knows? Well, maybe we'll find out. There's some interstellar police radar. <laughs> Roaster get pulled over. Oh, save us, police. Save us, space police. <laughs> You're our only hope. Uh, this car has exceeded its 36,000 mile warranty about 562 and a half times uh, driving around the sun, uh, <laughs> but it has achieved a fuel economy of 160 miles per gallon. Well, that's amazing. That's pretty that's good. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> more creative 
outlets for people to get involved in spaceflight. Uh, an article released this week about a uh, commercial astronaut training program. Oh, wow. That uh, has a permanent installation at NASA. Uh, but what they're hoping is that, you know, obviously it's expensive, you know, for the people that can afford it, start putting into place those programs to allow private citizens uh, an opportunity to train to be a commercial astronaut, which is which is amazing. Because up until now, they basically you could go through the Air Force and, and, and get in that way or you'd have to have some sort of outstanding academic and scientific credentials to to do so or you could be mark shuttleworth and pay the russians but <laughs> there really isn't a a a process you know for for sort of the any person to to build up to this right right and so with a, a small fleet of f-104 fighter jets that allow you to get to uh, mach 2 um and allow you to get about a hundred thousand miles up vertically um at least simulates the first third of of you know the process and distance of getting into space so it allows you to train because because you do have to train to uh your uh, um, uh, condition your body for g4 speeds and uh you know it's it's uh if you don't it's very easy to just pass out <laughs> um all the blood rushes away from right. your head and so um you know they have special suits and everything um uh, for pressurizing and and uh, uh, keeping your blood above a certain level, but uh, you do have to train for that sort of thing so that you're yeah you're not getting sick and you're not passing out. And so this program is not only conditioning you for those things, but also for the technical challenges of of traveling in space. And so a private citizen can can do this. Where do I sign up? Provided you have lots oh, and lots yeah. of money. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Aye, that's the rub. Yeah, I don't know how much money. Uh, I don't think they really address that. I have to imagine. Um, oh, actually, it's still early days. Twenty thousand per flight. Boy, that's a lot cheaper than I would have thought. Yeah, me too. Jeez, that's like, it's like. Do you guys have any? I was gonna say less than a year in college. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Aww. Yeah, uh, but that was super cool, and I was really excited to see that. Very cool. <laughs> Okay, moving right along. This is a follow-up of our Spectre and Meltdown coverage. Don't worry. Uh, Intel is not getting away with it that easily. <laughs> At this time, about 32 separate lawsuits have been filed against Intel over the Spectre and Meltdown flaws. Uh, only and 32? Only 32, and uh, we're and that's that's just thus far. It's only been a couple of weeks, of course, since the uh, release of it. And so while this is starting to work through the legal process, it's becoming more and more apparent how, how truly fucked this is and how truly difficult it is going to be to mitigate all of the various aspects, especially of the Spectre um, bug. So yeah. you can almost certainly expect that number to rise over time. I mean, it doesn't help that Intel CEO Brian K. <laughs> you know why we're giggling if you look up his name. Um, the uh, sold uh, all of the Intel stock that he was allowed to sell in November of last year. Uh, that's uh, well, that seems terribly convenient timing and and very shady. One way or another, uh, heads are going to roll at Intel, guaranteed. And we will uh, keep watch over it because it's curling season and heads make very <laughs> interesting curling targets. You have to freeze them first, though. Yes, otherwise they don't slide very well. Now this brings uh, a, a shiny ray of warmth to my heart when I see this. I know. <laughs> Facebook is leaking people under 25 like a sieve. And this year alone, they are expected to lose about 3 million under 25s from the UK and the US alone. Damn. Yeah, that's a lot of users. While Mark Zuckerberg has had Facebook 
hire a consultant to constantly measure his uh, approval rating in the public's uh, view, by the way. Did you know that? Wow, that's uh, that's an extra special, special crispy layer of crazy. Yep, that's a real, uh, yeah, totally. An extra just sort of sheen on top of narcissism. Of yep. Well, you know, it, may, it, 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 it makes a ton of sense if you're gearing up to run for president. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, dude. Um I I think he is. Oh no. No. So it's comforting to see that the next generation of of uh kids is why is wising up and saying, "Nope, that's not what we're going to do. We're getting off of Facebook." When asked why, almost universally, people who used Facebook or have left Facebook under 25 said that while well, our parents killed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun anymore. <laughs> Oh, man. And I, I do, um, because I know, I know that, that certain people will be listening to this episode. I, I do appreciate that I can, it's another form of communication where, you know, most of my family lives very far away and it, it's an opportunity to connect in some ways, but I have to admit when I was younger, years and years ago and when i saw the flood of families starting to use facebook i remember that feeling <laughs> of <laughs> okay i have to be careful what i say now and the goofy pictures that i post and well i can't swear as much i guess and <laughs> well why don't we all just uh, you know post very responsible things like uh, news articles <laughs> that should uh, increase the level of discord Right, right. Sure. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. And I have to admit, I love that at the moment where my conspiracy tinfoil hat in the corner of the room has been telling me that Mark Zuckerberg is about to run for president. Which seems like a huge conflict of interest and uh, ripe for manipulation of data. Oh, yeah, dude. Dude, Zuckerberg owns about 60% of shares of Facebook. He is the deciding body. Like, like he, that it, it's him. There's no, he's not like some like chained up, you know, CEO, right. like a board of overseers. Like, no, he is the, he is the man. He is Facebook's Palpatine and the rest of ours, Fucking honestly, nuts. by. <laughs> yeah. If Roxy. I see a political ad promoting Mark Zuckerberg in the next year or so. Done. Dunzo. You're going to build one of those Dorito porch fics. Porch <laughs> fix? What's a porch fic? Pitchfork. <laughs> what is a porch fic? I'm not going to speculate on that. Sounds like a Klingon. <laughs> porch fic. Porch fic. Holy fuck. We got to take two seconds and talk about Star Trek Discovery. The season wrapped. It is, uh, I think, only 15 or 16 episodes long, but I'm not kidding it is some of the coolest tv i've watched in a long time and despite the terrible way that you have to go about getting it in america i highly recommend anybody who has ever had an inclination even if you've been were turned out you did watch it and then were turned off by the first couple episodes go back and finish discovery it's totally worth it so yeah. awesome i'm super behind on the second half of the season however the first half is no pun intended stellar it I mean, is. I, I guess, I'll, you know, there's a lot of back and forth, I guess, of some people, especially older fans, didn't like it, felt that it wasn't Roddenberry-esque enough, and I encourage... That's okay. It is okay. It is okay, but um, I encourage those people to go back and give it a second chance because they, they, they maintain the tone of storytelling that really fits with, uh, I think, modern audiences, but incorporate some of those ideals in a... In a, in a better way i think and i just think it's awesome i think it's absolutely right awesome glowing right reviews in. from this lifelong star trek fan <laughs> and i'm working my way through the next generation and i'm glad that i gave it a shot because once i got past the first couple seasons i've actually been really enjoying it dude it's like some of the best television ever written i mean like yeah. people people you know haters gonna hate but the stories on star trek the next generation are just so well written they're so yeah, cool man. right on that was a really quick uh, 
90 degree turn away from. I, I just, I, I, I caught the, I caught that and I realized, oh no, we're going to get through this episode without talking about Star Trek. How, no, it's cool. Heaven forbid. <laughs> it's all good. Telegram has raised a fuckload of money. Holy moly. Telegram for crypto. Yeah, hello, hello. I'd like a billion dollars, please. <laughs> or, you know, 850 million. Close enough. Close enough, yeah. <laughs> so, for those of you who haven't uh, heard, the popular messaging platform Telegram, which, by the way, is based in Russia, which, by the way, probably means that Somebody is reading some of your messages, which, by the way, means that it's probably not the NSA. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> but it has become the, um, in a lot of circles, the uh, platform of choice. And I see it a lot in uh, like the FOSS and you know, open source communities. It seems to be a mm -hmm. really common way of communicating. And yeah, no, I was using it for a while, um, but switch to Signal. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, Signal is, is great. Um, not trying to sell you stickers every day, which I really like. But uh, I know a lot of people, including my mom and uh, my uh, my my fair lady's family, who use Telegram almost exclusively for their communication. Interesting. Okay. So I I still have it installed, and I've been you know using it because you know heaven forbid anybody we just use one you know jeez <laughs> I gotta have six messengers on my phone. Anyway. Telegram has been moving toward opening their own cryptocurrency uh, for use on the platform. And uh, what sounded like a even a, a, a flight of fancy maybe six months ago has is really becoming uh, manifest as they've raised about $850 million toward their $1 billion ICO. For, the, for those of you not in the crypto uh, universe, ICO stands for Initial Coin Offering, which is usually the uh, buy-in for taking a new currency when when a when a uh, group or a company or whatever when they make a new cryptocurrency they'll usually start with an initial coin offering which is uh, an amount of value that people are allowed to buy into thus uh, it instantly creating a network while also uh, raising the value of the uh, the thing the cryptocurrency that they are trying to promote right the right. Same thing in, in one fell swoop. Uh, most of the time, these are actually offered, by the way, in some um, some other cryptocurrency that e like Ethereum or that has some some built in, you know, uh, logical uh, capability, less like Bitcoin, more like, a, you know, the sort of more fluid currencies. Sure. But uh, it's pretty astounding to see in the same week that I think I saw uh, Wells Fargo and Chase are working on their own cryptocurrencies, <laughs> that it's just becoming a de facto feature of, of common platforms like a fucking messenger. Jesus. Bespoke crypto. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's, I think it, it's just, the, this is, you know, the early days. We talked about how, you know, uh, uh, Cryptocurrency is in the sort of, you know, 1.0 phase, um, and we haven't had our our meltdown of 2000 uh, mm -hmm. that pop, popped the dot-com bubble with it. But I think it's, it's just further evidence of how much blockchain technology is going to become embedded in our everyday lives. It's yeah, right on. absolutely inevitable at this point. Yeah, agreed. And whether or not those cryptocurrencies survive, blockchain certainly will. It's just too important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of a follow-up on... we, we uh, a, a few episodes ago, I think it was episode 14, um, we, we talked about loot boxes um, for, for video games and how some you know, kind of how how dangerous they are and how addictive they can be and how kind of close to gambling that they are. So how, they're how um, almost exactly, exactly like, like gambling they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, after a, a study by the University of Hamburg, uh, Germany, uh, uh, Germany has started, the, the government has started to consider 
uh, banning loot boxes. And uh, I know that they're not the only country doing this. I, I can't remember the other ones. And actually, I think a couple of states, I, I, I'll have to confirm that information, um, scratch that. But Germany, at the very least, is documented as uh, considering banning loot boxes, or at the very least, putting, you know, the, the gaming company has to put on their packaging that this contains gambling, that it can only be played by kids of a certain age, that parents need to be aware that there are gambling aspects to this game. Wow. Uh, yeah, which is great. That's a... Which is fantastic. That's a big deal. You know, Germany Absolutely. has quite a lot of... Uh, sway in the european union i'm told i would say <laughs> yeah, i would say so so yeah I, ju I just wanted to mention that uh i i think it's great that they're doing it and i hope that other other countries get get on board i'd like to throw in one last news item sure we did not cover yet a little bit ago the it was announced that the Consumer Protection Agency, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, uh, created by Elizabeth Warren, by the way, uh, now headed by a gentleman by the name Mick Mulvaney, has decided to drop the case against Equifax. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a big one. As you may <laughs> recall, dear listeners, Equifax let all of your social securities become public information a few months ago. But... Nobody over the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau seems to find any uh, reason to pursue a criminal investigation of what they have done. This comes on the heels of information released the week prior that the breach was far worse than initially reported. It included way more information about you, yes, you, I mean, maybe not you if, you know, you haven't spent money in america in 40 years <laughs> yeah. but if you have if you have a social security number are an adult and have participated in the economy yes your social security number is in the public right now along with your driver's license number your address phone numbers addresses. all of the metadata that if you've ever tried to get a credit report from one of the three major agencies, you'll know the rigmarole of, of question and answering that they put you through in terms of trying to match and ensure that you are the person that you say you are by asking you about the history that they have on you that they've tracked. Yeah, all that stuff got released too. Yes. Awesome. So this is a very puzzling move then, uh, as it is quite obvious that this case is growing, not shrinking, to have the CFPB decide to drop it. But alas, it would appear that the powers that be over there feel like this was an inevitable problem. <laughs> okay, great, great. It's worth noting that the FTC is still investigating Equifax, so there are other investigations happening. Cool. I, I don't know what else to say about that because I'll just start screaming. So <laughs> let's in, in, in uh, the interest of keeping your blood pressure uh, down <laughs> and not, you know, blowing your <laughs> eyes out of your head with anger. <laughs> let's move along, shall we? Moving right along. That's it for the news, and if that's all you're here for, well, why don't you go ahead and turn us off? But if you want, you can stick around for this here deep dive. Guaranteed, we'll be back next week with the latest, the greatest, and sometimes the hated in gaming and technology. Look us up at shinypodcast.com, where you, too, can subscribe to the latest shows and check out whatever else we're cooking up for you. Download the Shiny Podcast in all your favorite podcatching applications. And if you want to say hi, make a suggestion, send us a hot tip on tech news, visit shinypodcast.com slash contact, fill out that form, or just email us. Where? At hello at shinypodcast.com. So, it's, um... It's uh, it's been a, a bit since we've chatted, and there's been a couple of um, 
Now nah, this is a bad. <laughs> this is all bad. We should start over. Okay. Guys, we're switching this course. All it's all bad. I know how we do this. <laughs> Alexa, my flash briefing, please. Here's your flash briefing. In weather. Currently, in Lebanon, it's 30 degrees Fahrenheit with clear skies and sun. Today, you can expect intermittent clouds with a high of 35 degrees and a low of 24 degrees. In Alexa, BBC News cancel. I've been playing with these Echo devices or this mm -hmm. Echo device for a good several weeks now. And we've talked about it on the show a little bit. I also have uh, worked in offices that have uh, the, the, the Google version uh, deployed and they're using it to kind of like help mm -hmm. with some office stuff. I played with the open source answer to all of this called Mycroft and uh, had it running on my computer for a while. And recently I have uh, seen, but you know, not actually purchased, because I'll tell you right now, I'm not gonna do it. The Apple HomePod, which is their own uh, version of the smart speaker mm -hmm. personal assistant thing. They came out, was announced, she's almost now six, seven months ago, but only but was delayed until very, very uh, recently earlier this month. And so I wanted to have a conversation about uh, these devices and and what eventually I want to talk about some some sort of greater market sure. trends that I think are very, very interesting. But to start, uh, what do you how are you what do you feel? How do you feel about the increasing uh, smart aspects, quote unquote, of of these, you know, assistance and, and services yeah, being so, put into more and um, more devices. It it's always uh it, it's a it's a shifting opinion. It's a it's a shifting perspective because you know on the one hand I want to keep up with current trends. I want to be a part of the new products that are coming out. But at the same time there's there's always going to be a part of that a part of me um, and the way that I treat technology where I'm, I'm, I'm very suspicious of voice activated things, um, especially in the home, uh, just because I, I, I don't always trust the companies that make them that they're not listening to everything that we're saying. Um, and that just principle uh, irks me. And so, but at the same time, I enjoy some functions of that, uh, the convenience of it. I think it's just kind of a cool thing to be able to do. Um, but yeah, th th those are kind of a, a big concern of mine with, with home automation. Um, you know, wh where is that data being stored? Who's sure. storing it? Who's listening, et cetera. How much do they retain and how searchable is it? Correct. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's, I mean, it's always, we see, see so many products that come to market that are just, you know, these, these Frankenstein gobshite attempts at, you know, applying technology to a product. And the one that comes to mind is, remember the teddy bear that had, um, like you could, you, you would record, like grandma would record these like, oh, yeah. voice voices, like recordings on their, on a, on an app. And then it would get beamed to the teddy bear so that little, you know, little Johnny could press the button and have their bear. Oh, yes. Grandma's no, voice. I, I, yeah, I recall the, uh, except they were, they were not encrypting that transmission at all. So just like anybody could listen to these weird messages being sent. And like, there was no, no security at all on any of their back end. And it was just like a complete, a complete shit show that could be used to like send messages to kids through a teddy bear. This <laughs> is so bizarre. Oh my God. Things like that, right? I mean, we've all just like, I think we've been completely saturated and burned by like stupid things like that. Yeah. But at the same time, these devices, these uh, especially things like the Echo and the um, Google Home are selling like crazy. I mean, it's even the Echo especially was one of the best selling devices over Christmas the last two years. Right on. 
Yeah. So, I mean, obviously they're popular and people are using them and buying them and bringing them into the house. And I mean, it's not just that kind of thing too. It's like smart locks and, you know, Amazon doing the whole like food delivery service where uh, another human being has access to the house via that smart lock that they made. And just that idea just, the convenience is not enough for me, <laughs> I guess, is, is where I'm going with that. I can appreciate that. I think I started on that side of the fence. And I have to admit, um, I, I, I've really started to become pretty engaged in, in having a voice control and, and like voice assistant kind of thing. Sure. I have found, and I think I talked about this part already. I mean, the Spotify and music integration with the um, with the Echo is amazing. Uh, that alone, I think, is worth you know the thirty or fifty bucks or whatever it is. But more than that, I increasingly find ways that I can use it and just sort of cut out a couple of seconds or minutes from my day. Sure. Uh, being able to avoid having to fumble with my phone for some things is really really nice. Being able to have my lights controlled by it is so cool, you know? Yeah. But again, it's this trade-off. And that word, trade-off, is, I think, going to completely define this market for years to come. I think at this point we can we can we can fully admit and 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 say without without, you know, um, anybody disagreeing that these devices are a thing now the voice interface has become a market and and a uh, uh, almost an industry unto itself Mm -hmm. right on you know and 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 like you said it's there are just thousands of products more every day that are being integrated and and there's no stopping it because people are buying them up like hotcakes so here comes uh here comes Apple kind of late to the market with their HomePod. Now the HomePod if you haven't seen it 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 it's smaller than a Nalgene bottle. Okay? And it's covered mm-hmm. with this fabric stuff that they call like magic something magic Fleece just or, magic. It's it's like it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's got some stupid branding name. It's coated in magic. It's coated in magic, but it's like this grill mesh cloth that's one hundred percent coated in, in, in it. And, and on top, there's like a a little. It's like a a, a dumb touchscreen actually that does two things. It shows you the um, the volume control and then the little swirling animation when you're talking to Siri. Okay, that's it. The part that gets me really excited and really interested is specifically going to address the concerns that you started out with. Because with a HomePod and with an iPhone or any iOS device, all of the processing for your requests, for your um, for any, anything that you, you say to it is done on those devices. Got it. So it isn't to say that the, you know, uh, HomePod or Siri won't reach out to uh, Bing or whoever they use as a search provider now to check for information or Wolfram Alpha or what have you, but that all of the logic and processing of that logic to understand your words is done locally. Locally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, it's like you know that, you know, for you know, for better or for worse, all of your words are being kept in your house. Right. But here's where it gets really dumb. If you ask for a song, okay, if you ask the HomePod to play a song, ask Siri to do so, it will only work with Apple Music. Oh, God. Well, Come it's on. not that it will only work with Apple Music. You can, you can... There is a a level of other service integration like Spotify, but then all of the voice commands break and you can't use it to skip a track or find a thing or whatever. You have to pull out your phone and tell the Spotify app to talk to that device. 
like an airplay device, you know, if you ever use that. I just, uh, this is just one Apple, of those things too. Macintosh people use other things besides your shit. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of other people on this planet. <laughs> there are a lot of gotchas like that with the HomePod. A lot of, of, shall we say, strategy taxes, reasons to keep you locked into the ecosystem that a corporate board of, you know, marketing people have decided is the appropriate application of this technology. And, and therein lies the rub. And it's, it's, um, it's a real kind of paints a real sad state of affairs, doesn't it? You know, the only device that you yeah. can buy today that does this processing locally and takes your privacy seriously is so laden with other bullshit, other problems that make it uncompatible with a, a lot of, of, of people's lives and workflows that it it's it's almost as it's i mean your freedom is limited either way right yeah <laughs> jesus and there are some oh go for it oh i was gonna just kind of reiterate i don't know just apple i just i the stance of we make the best product and we are not going to expand our market to make it more accessible to other people. I just, oh man. Oh yeah, the arrogance is a huge turnoff, especially when you know it's it's coupled with increasingly shoddy software. Um, it's like and... Apple writing that hit song "Alone in My Principles." I just, yeah. oh. <laughs> and and uh, don't forget all of the uh, security uh, vulnerabilities, like the ability to log in as root without a password <laughs> on the latest uh, version of the operating system. I mean, there's like, there, you know, if you're going to be the best, you have to actually like, you know, do well, like, like not just sell tons of shit, but you have to actually like, you know, live up to that reputation. And right. And it wouldn't be so bad if they didn't, you know, have such a, an attitude about it. But I guess, you know, they found that that's what sells. But the, the, the real, real McCoy is that I think that, you know, remember the early days of uh, of the smartphone era when, you know, right after the iPhone came out? Yeah, I didn't own one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember it well. Yeah. I wanted one real bad. But, you know, the iPhone phone came out and Android came out and there were, you know, this is just an explosion and of, of devices out there, even though they mostly sucked. And like every time a new version would come out, it was exciting and game-changing, and there were all of these crazy things. Mm -hmm. That is mostly slowed today. Like, I think we can just about reliably say that the smartphone market is mature. Like, it's not nearly as exciting it's as it stabilized. used to be. It's yeah, stabilized. Absolutely. You know what you're going to get. The principal players have kind of, you know, put their flag down in their territory, and, and there's, there's not as much movement, and especially not, you know, radical change happening a lot right. of people are looking at these voice systems and, and, and personal assistant devices as the next iteration of that where where that excitement is going and i think it's obvious in the amount of growth that these uh, devices have enjoyed over the last couple of years i think that that is true but alas we find ourselves in a situation where it's not even that things are 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 going to have to get there it's that out of the gate these were designed with i think some of the experiences of the early smartphone era fresh in the mind of the people making them and they come with a massive set of compromises out of the box no matter which direction you go yeah you know and to their credit despite the despite the you know overarching uh Amazon swallowing uh, plague that we seem to be in, where they're slowly learning or, or owning everything. I have to say, I think objectively, the Alexa devices, oh, damn it, cancel. 
<laughs> How fucking smart can they really be, you yeah. know? The Echo devices are the most... <laughs> no, it doesn't do it. It's the, the Echo is fine. It's the other word, the A word. They're the... They already have the most skills compared to everything else. And there is a push at Amazon to make this kit available to the maker communities of the world. So you've heard my rap before on uh, cell phones and why I think they're all terrible and you basically have to just pick the best of the worst options, right? Right. Not at risk of becoming uh, a broken record and a curmudgeon in one fell swoop. <laughs> I think that's probably the same case with these devices, with the voice assistant devices. And I think that it is with, I, I will continue to use mine, my Echo, because I do find it really useful, but I will not be bringing it home. Yeah. I will not be bringing it home. It will be strictly in my office and in my work life, not in my personal life. Yeah, agreed. And if I had a reason to have an Echo device uh, at work, I probably would, but I don't, and I'm not going to bring one home. Now, it would be inappropriate for me not to comment on some of the really cool things about the HomePod just at the end here so we can end on a positive note, <laughs> hopefully. Right on. The, um, the sound is really cool. It, it actually is, is really impressive, and the way that the sound and emitting sound technology works is pretty mind-blowing, okay? So, I don't know uh, if, if our listeners know a ton about audio, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a little, a tiny bit technical for a moment. Sure. The no, this is a deep dive. This is a deep dive, right? So, inside of the HomePod, around the base of it, the 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 lower third of the device inside of it, there are seven tweeters. Okay, tweeters are the speakers that produce um, high end frequencies. So you're Mm -hmm. you're really you know more shrill uh, notes and tones. And then facing upward, facing, you know, from the bottom mounted upward, pushing at the uh, screen that I mentioned earlier, is the subwoofer. So you are actually getting a mono sound. It's not in stereo, which is an odd thing, and, and I, don't, I don't actually love about sure. it. But what it can do is automatically reach out sonically with... Uh, sound that it is it is generating and and take that the reflection of that back in via its microphone system and okay. then automatically adjust itself for the physical space that it is in oh interesting okay that's pretty cool so in it is pretty cool and in the center of a room you can't really find a part of the room where it doesn't sound good and well balanced hmm that's really interesting yeah it's it's cool and you know in terms of like uh, like if I was purely coming at this from sort of like a, uh, I had limitless budget and I was outfitting a place and my goal was to have like really good sound, you know, fairly ubiquitously, but not blow people out. It actually makes a good case for that. Um, in, in just in the production of, of, of audio for people to listen to. But here's the kicker. Mm. The microphones that I just mentioned are so incredibly sensitive that at just about any volume level at anywhere even remotely close to the thing if you um if you say the hot word if you ask for siri no matter how loud the output of it at that moment is it always hears you which is crazy that is because, crazy you know, yeah there, there is definitely a a volume limit over which the uh echoes will not pick you up anymore right. same thing with the google homes i mean it's it's it, that from a technical level is a really remarkable feat no, that is impressive. Fine, I'll give that to you, Apple. It's cool. Of course, it's kind of scary if you think about Google getting it into their uh, labs and uh, constructing Jesus. and reverse engineering the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, we have the best listening devices on the market. <laughs> are you whispering in your kitchen? Was that a bowel like movement <laughs> or are you fucking somebody? <laughs> How about both? Conspiracy or gas? <laughs> Anyway, that's, uh, I think, uh, 
in my opinion, the state of the market of these, shall we call them women in a tube, <laughs> boxed intelligences. <laughs> oh! Oh, that's a fun one. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We really, really appreciate it. Um, uh, hopefully, we'll be back. Now, well, we will be back next week either in the form of a mini-sode or a full episode. But if you'd like to hit us up in the meantime, please uh, get at us at Kaliali11 and at Fluxola on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook as well as our website, shinypodcast.com. Um, and if you have a moment, please review us on iTunes. It goes a long way towards uh, just getting a little more traction, having some more listeners, and we would greatly appreciate it. Did I mention you're a professional, Colin? <laughs> do my best. Do my best. Between my ums and ahs and sniffles, I do my best. <laughs> and thank you all for listening very much. We appreciate you sticking with us. Well, that's a podcast right there. They call that their podcast. I find, I find that podcast. It's a podcast. Not a possum cast. A no, podcast. no, it's a possum cast. Get, get, get that straight.